No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. Hey, this is Dr. Friday, and I'm live here in studio, and we've got quite a show to do. And if you've got questions, I would say now's the time to pick up the phone. It's going to be a great show, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. So we're going to talk about um, several emails that came in this week. One to start the show out strong because many companies, small business owners received PPP money. Um, that was the payroll protection money. And, um, and in some cases it was needed, you were going to keep your doors closed, but in other cases it was helpful. It was a way of keeping because many companies were not sure exactly if their businesses were going to get closed, what was going to happen, especially restaurant owners. But in, in lots of my clients, I will have to say we've been blessed to the extent that they were able to make up or to move forward with money that came from the, uh, the PPP, but they, they had drive-through and pickup and delivery. A lot of local people were great as far as using the local services. And so they really did not have any layoffs and they didn't have as much loss of income as they were expecting. So one of the big questions comes is by using the PP money and getting it forgiven. Um, that means that in the case of, let's just say a a small restaurant that maybe received $30,000 in PPP money, um, but they didn't really have any major loss because they were able to tighten down. They were able to continue to pay their rent and everything with the profits. So the PPP was really used to pay the payroll. So now they paid payroll. They can get it forgiven because they met the criteria, but now they have $30,000 more income in 2020 than what they would have normally had because that they're going to lose that $30,000 deduction, right? PPP paid for it. They didn't. They now have a larger profit. So the question comes is this. If you don't go for forgiveness, you have a 1% loan for five years um, and you know, the question comes and it's going to be different for everyone, but something you might want to talk to your tax person or do some number crunching, depending on how much money you made and how much profit you are showing for 2020. We pay tax in most of my clients or many of them in the 20 to 25%, 22 to 25% tax bracket. In some cases, would it be better not to ask for forgiveness and to pay that money back over a period of time or to claim the profits and have to pay 22% tax and in some cases self-employment tax, which adds to that another, what, 7.65%. So that could be almost a 30% tax in some cases or anywhere, somewhere there. So that's the question you need to really think about. In some of my business cases, we have come to the conclusion that it may be smarter not to ask for forgiveness, but to actually pay the loan back at 1% interest. Um, Better to have control and to do what you need to with it than to, even though they would legitimately qualify for forgiveness, the profits are getting um, into a tax bracket that they may not want to have to pay tax on. So you really need to consider that. If you've got questions 
Um, I can't see if anyone's calling. I don't have anything on the screen. But um, if you have questions, you can reach us live here in studio, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. We're also going to want to talk about um, some of the things that's happening as far as the um, Donald Trump signing in or President Trump signing in the situation with uh, Social Security for employees not having to pay it. Is this a good idea? Um, right now, I will tell you, we haven't heard from the IRS exactly what the law is going to be as far as from us as business owners. I will tell you if there's a way of opting out of it, my employees have already asked to be able to opt out. They do not want to have to uh, do anything as far as, um, huh, when you get a caller, I'll text you. Okay. Um, you know, as far as if, um, if they want to go ahead and pay their taxes at some point, we all know if they stop taking the social security out now, it's already been said that's going to have to be paid back. I don't think the IRS is a good loan officer. So I get it. If you're in a very, very difficult situation, those few dollars, but it's 6.2% of your paycheck up to like $137,000. So if you're, and they only go in for people that I think make less than a hundred thousand. So over the time period, you know, a couple months, it's a 90 day window. I think right this second, again, we don't have all the criteria, but the Donald Trump or president Trump signed in a bill that basically said that he was going to allow employers not to withhold social security tax on their employees and give them forgiveness. But it's not forgiveness in the sense that they won't ever have to pay it back. It is supposed to be being paid back. It's going to open up a can of worms. What if you're no longer working for that employer? Are they going to come back on you? And then you're going to end up with IRS debt if you don't pay it in the criteria time that they have it. And if you're already hurting now, who says it's going to change? Um, I just think that that may be opening up a can of worms that we don't have um, enough information on. And the last thing, I mean, I make a living out of helping people out of IRS debt. I can't see offering this to uh, employees and having to create something, at least with an employer and having a forgiveness for Social Security um, tax, they know us, we have assets, it's secured, and there's a huge fine if you don't follow through with the, the rules, where with, employ with individuals, it's going to be a lot harder on the IRS, I think, to have to make certain collections. So I am going to say that that's not a, a good plan, but um, we have not heard, but there is something along that line. They're also talking about reopening PPP for individuals that maybe already got it, but also mainly, I know personally, we have about three or four people that got into it too late. They were not able to get the PPP uh, money. There is still the SBA EIDL loans. Those are actual loans, no forgiveness uh, in that situation. So we have to find out um, if that's something you want to get into, it is low interest and for some, but there are, there are criterias of what you can do. You can't just go out and use that money to buy a new piece of equipment or it's, it's disaster fund. So it's ideal situation is to help keep your business running at its current situation, not to help grow the business, create jobs. So there is some, some loops on that one that you may or may not choose to want to have to, to deal with as well. Understanding where this money is coming from, everyone, is going to be the best way for you to understand how or what we're going to do as far as making the money work, right? I mean, if 
just because it's forgivable doesn't mean you should get it forgivable. Just because it is, um, it's, uh, it's a loan at low, low interest rates doesn't mean that you need that loan. I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there. And the first thing, I mean, I, I get a ton of, of applications and information on that. Uh, but I'm with, a, I'm with SunTrust, which is now Truist. And I will tell you, they've been really good about sending out some interesting notices for the forgiveness because I'm getting relatively close um, with a lot of my clients of the 24-week situation. They're, they're basically saying Congress is currently considering changes to the payroll protection program, uh, loan forgiveness applications process as part of the, the proposed Health Economic Assistant Act, or also known as HEALS Act. Um, could change what we're filing today. So right now they're saying there's still enough time for us to wait to see if anything happens and to be able to move forward and see what we can do on that. So we're going to be able to, um, you know, to, to find out more and more about that. So if you have a PPP loan, you might want to consider holding off, waiting a little bit. I know rushing to the finish line don't be late, don't get me wrong, but also talk to your tax person. As an enrolled agent licensed with the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation, that's what we do a lot of, is looking at the, the whole picture, not just because something is forgivable doesn't mean it's going to be the best tax situation for you. It may be. I wasn't sure, um, you know, how it was or, or whatever, um, but um, whatever works best for you or for, for, you know, the business that you're running, that is what's best for, for all of us to deal with. So um, just want to make sure, you, you know, we have that, we're moving forward and that we're able to um, understand the situation or what we're going to do. So we have PPP. Of course, tax preparation, guys, we're at August. August 15th, actually. So we have fifth, uh, 30 days before business tax returns have to be filed. So it's really important. Um, and in some cases, we're getting some notices where extensions haven't been filed because they're first-year businesses or whatever. And many people thought because of COVID and they heard about the extension that their business was going to be extended. But businesses were due March 15th, COVID and all that activity did not happen until after the 20th of March. Therefore, the IRS is saying, no, 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 you should have filed your extension um, and or your taxes on time. So businesses, only if you filed a regular extension, did you actually have anything that you were going to go with or move forward with on that situation? So um, we'll be able to, you know, make sure that that is moving there. But if you want to join the show, you can 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, talking about all things taxes. And then, of course, individual tax returns are due on October 15th. And can you believe it? We're getting that close to the end of the year. Then it's going to be Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh, what's I forget Halloween. Um, anyways, time is flying by um, and we want to make sure that we've got everything covered and make sure that we've done the best we can. I realize a lot of people, um, you, you also, President Trump did sign uh, in the extension for uh, unemployment. He did send it to, for $400, not $600. And then I believe it drops down to $200. For all of you that are on employment, there is some relief, I think, still coming that direction. Uh, but, um, again, you're going to want to make sure you, you know, um, uh, you know, you, you stay on top of it. I, I believe every week you have to send in information. I will say getting to work is going to be the best thing. I know that many people listening right now are saying, I want to work, but my job isn't open yet. Um, you know, and if that's, you know, 
the case, well, then you can't really do anything. But if it isn't the case, then you need to maybe consider, you know, going out, seeing what other options are available to you, because at some point the government will not be able to, um, you know, support all these people. I mean, I'm not sure about anyone else, but um, when you see the word trillions, when they're putting money out to help and to move forward and to do things, at least uh, the businesses, with the exception of forgiveness on some side, most of them are going to turn into some sort of, of loan. Um, but uh, with individuals, um, unemployment, all those kind of benefits, um, that that money was not something we had set aside. So, I mean, as far as I know, federal unemployment compensates to the state. It's not something we usually get to pay back through the um, through unemployment benefits. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what we have. All right, why don't we go ahead and take our first break. If you want to join the show, you can, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, and we'll be right back. Dr. Friday, an enrolled agent licensed with the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation. And we do a lot of that. I mean, if you haven't filed taxes in a number of years, if you've had some tax issues that you've been dealing with, but you're not too sure, you're getting the love letters and you're like, oh my gosh, what do they want now? I can't give them. And right now, let's be honest, now's a harder time than most, because in most cases, we don't actually have to worry too much. But Right now, we're, I mean, especially after uh, July 15th, I believe installment plans all kick back in. So you're sitting there going, oh my gosh, I don't have the money right now. What am I going to do and how am I going to do it? Because I don't have, I haven't got my job or I'm just getting back to work or I'm on a 50% work schedule because of, you know, uh, you know, the way things are happening right this second. Um, so and it's so hard to call the IRS. I get it. Trust me. Every day I get all that information and I'm hearing, oh, I can't reach. How am I supposed to call them and tell them I can't make the payment or something else? And I will tell you this. I think the easiest thing is certify a letter to the IRS and make sure you have documentation that shows that you are actually going to, you know, that you that you've sent it. That it's not just something that you're sitting there going, Oh, I've got it. I don't have a problem with that. No, I want you to make sure that you've got proof because I can't tell you, I've had two phone calls this week alone with them basically saying, you know what happened? I, um, I sent my check and the IRS hasn't cashed it yet. What am I supposed to do? Well, hate to tell you this, but if you sent the check and they didn't cash it and you didn't send it certified mail, I don't know the IRS even received it. I mean, there's no reason to assume they wouldn't have, but in all honesty, they may not have. And if they haven't received it, then how can they cash it? So the answer to that is go onto the IRS website pretty much immediately and see if you can um, pay it electronically. I am a full person to pay the IRS electronically through the IRS website. It works. To my knowledge, there's never been any major issues. And we have instant documentation saying that the money was paid. Now, the downside to this is, in many cases, is that if you sent the check on July 15th, it hasn't cleared the bank yet. And now the government is saying, or you know they haven't cashed your check. Now we're going to have to deal with some um, possibility of penalties. Because the government is saying, you know what? 
I don't have uh, your check. You never got it to me. You failed. And so now what we're going to do is we're going to turn around and say, oh, so here's your penalty for failure to file that on time. Now, I would suggest actually having a bit of a conversation with them, again, through the Internet or through the mail, because that's the easiest way to do it. But to send them a letter explaining that you mailed the check, that you have a check number, that um, now I would say if. In many cases, people sometimes get the check back because at some point it went to the wrong place or it was dead lettered or whatever um, and eventually comes back to them. That's nice because you have the envelope proving it was stamped on time. It was a typo, an error, whatever. But you want to make sure that you have some sort. And if you don't have any documentation, it doesn't hurt to ask the IRS for forgiveness. What's the worst they can do? Say no. I mean, you already have a penalty situation. So at this point, them telling you that you have a penalty and you can't do anything about it is really not a whole bunch that we can do is what you're basically saying, which is fine. All we want to do is try to ask them. And sometimes they'll send back and say, um, you know, based on your history, we've agreed or we don't agree because we don't think that you have a good enough history and you still think that you have a leg to stand on. You can continue to abate, um, at least up until the point uh, of, of a second because then the letter will say, well, do you have any additional information that you think we need to consider? If you do send it, even if it's just, Hey, you know, this is what happened. And I thought I explained it and maybe I didn't, here's the situation. And sometimes you'll get it anyways, because the second time I think often goes more to a human being. The first time always feels like it's like a computer. That's just basically saying no or yes, based on your history, no matter what you say in the letter. That's my opinion. After 20 plus years, the IRS will waive penalties after you have paid them. I have a lot of people that turn around and say, but if I've, if I pay it, I won't get the money back. That is not true. The IRS, if they feel there's an abatement requirement or something's going to happen that way, then it's, it will work that direction. So you just need to figure out, um, if, and I would suggest if you have a penalty, my suggestion is to pay it and then ask for abatement. Um, if you don't have the money to pay it, well, then it doesn't change anything anyways. But the reason I like to pay it is because they can charge you more penalties and interest on a penalty. So you don't want to have the money keep growing. Um, when, when you don't have that situation. So if you have the ability to pay, pay first and then ask for the information afterwards, if that's at all possible. Um, so if you've got phone calls, maybe you're getting ready to do your taxes, or maybe you're thinking about something this year, because this year is crazy. Um, I have had several people that's called because they are taking money out of their retirement, uh, so that they can survive. And there is some advantages to doing that this year. It may or may not be for you and you may or may not qualify for it. So I'm not going to say I am not your uh, financial planner, but if you have a hardship situation and COVID has affected your lifestyle, um, you are able to take some money out of your 401k. I had a gentleman call up and say, Oh, everybody's taking money out of their 401k because they don't have to pay the penalty this year. Um, but keep in mind, you do have to have been affected by COVID to qualify for um, you know, 401k withdrawal, um, you know, not, not just because right now under the cares act that they did allow penalties and then you could pay the taxes over three years, but you have to been affected by COVID. So if you're still working full time doing everything else, you may want to make sure that you're considering the fact that if you were not affected, then the hundred thousand dollars that you can take out of your 401k or IRA, um, you know, 
you may get hit with a penalty. So make sure, I mean, basically if you were affected at all and you want to take a hundred thousand dollars out, you can 59 or, or and a half or not the penalty would be waived, but you will pay the taxes and it can be split over three years. And I believe that has to be, um, documented at the time of the withdrawal um, so that you can make sure that you have the, the waiver on that. The distribution can be taxed as income spread over 2021 and 22. However, if you can't pay a back amount you took out within three years, you can claim a refund on those taxes. So bottom line is the distribution can be taxed as income and spread over those years. But if you can't pay it, then you can have a penalty on it. Or if you do put the money back in, then you can get a refund on the taxes that you paid out. So there is some really cool. I would talk to your financial planner and see if there's any you know, advantages for you to do anything, especially if you were affected by COVID. Because, I mean, you know, you've got to first think about survival and then you got to think about what's next and what's the best way to do it without putting yourself, because credit cards, you can get yourself in some serious debt with credit cards, um, you know, trying to survive and keep, keep everything going. Um, and now maybe the time to consider, you know, reevaluating certain things in life. Um, if again, you are down as far as finances and, and income, you might want to consider what other options do you have refinancing a home, which a lot of people have taken advantage of personally I think that's the best thing to do in life, because if you're paying four and a half and right now they're down to three and a half, 1% over a lifetime of a mortgage is a lot of money, even on small mortgages, gosh forbid, if it's on a larger mortgage. Um, so I would definitely suggest, you know, looking into, um, refinancing your home, consider, you know, consolidating. Now, if you have credit card debt and right now you are not uh, making payments and you're thinking, wait, I can probably make a deal with the IRA, uh, I mean, with the credit card company, I am going to say, be warned. Um, I guess it's the easiest way because if you make a deal, let's say you owe American express $25,000 and you settle for 10 and they say, Oh, we'll write off the 15. Guess what becomes taxable income to you? The 15. So they will then send us a, a 1099 out showing that you have credit card debt that they have allowed and how much interest that they wrote off. And then that becomes income to you because they're not going to take a loss on the taxes, right? They gave you that money. They're going to make it. So this becomes taxable income to you. I have seen or talked to several people about that this last couple months. Um, you know, cause if you're not working right now, it might be a great time to consider it. But again, be smart. Don't just go and negotiate with a credit card company. And the next thing you know, or even student loan, I had a gentleman he saved $72,000 in his st student loans. Don't get me wrong. He negotiated, got a great deal um, from the stand of that. But then his income went up by $72,000. So, you know, all in all, he didn't save $72,000. Let's just put it that way. He did save more by just paying tax on that money than what he would have had to pay it back to the loan company. But, you know, you've got to put some thought behind all of that before you just go and do something. Uh, there's usually tax consequences when it comes to that. So I just wanted to make sure that, you know, you have, um, um, I think I hit a button. I shouldn't have, um, have what you need and where you're going with that. So, um, that way, you know, we're, we're in a good point. So anyways, um, if you have questions, you want to join the show, you want to be a part of the show, or you've got questions and you're like, I don't know how to do this. 615 737 
998-615-737-9986. Taking your calls, talking about all things taxes. As an enrolled agent, guys, this is the time. Love letters are coming out. The IRS is back in business as far as collections. Um, we've had some pretty straightforward, aggressive collections, to be quite honest, considering the the tempo of the economy. Um, and you know, if you've got liens, levies, getting the love letters and you haven't filed taxes for remember, we have to get in compliance before we can do anything else. So even though right now may not be the best time, you might want to consider it's a great time for you to start thinking about getting your life into compliance with the IRS, because at least if we can get compliance going, we then have the ability to possibly take care of all the other things we need to do. If we don't have ourselves in compliance, then we can't make a deal with the IRS. We can't make a payment plan with the IRS. We cannot do anything to make it simple. All right, we're going to take a quick break. If you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, and we're going to be right back with the Dr. Friday Show. I'm Dr. Friday, an enrolled agent licensed with the Internal Revenue Service to talk about taxes and representation to make sure we keep you guys all out. I got an email here during the break and it says, my mother-in-law is in the hospice and she wasn't, she wanted to know how much she can give her son uh, before she dies that won't be taxable. And she said, I proceeded to look it up and found $15,000, but my father gave me a hundred. So here's the deal. Um, it's actually like $11 million that can be given to your child over your lifetime, uh, credit. Um, but it's $15,000 per a year. And otherwise you have to file a gift tax return. Nothing wrong with the gift tax return. The father who gave her a hundred thousand would not have paid tax unless he took it out of a retirement or something. Anyone receiving the money so if, if I received money uh, uh, from from a family member or whatever, it would never be taxable to me. So the parent giving the money would pay the tax if there was any taxable amount, but otherwise the uh, person um, receiving it would never pay tax. So the money would always be tax-free to the child, but not necessarily to the other situation when it came down to the money coming into uh, that. So... Um, I guess we have a call. So why don't we go ahead and take that call? This is Dr. Friday. Yes. Uh, hi, Dr. Friday. My uh, wife um, worked a job in a different state as an independent contractor, and they didn't take out any taxes whatsoever. Um, now, we live in Tennessee, um, so I'm kind of wondering how that will work when tax time comes for um, this year, 2020 going to hurt a little bit. So what you have basically, and I think your name's Kelly, right? Correct. Okay. Sorry. Um, Kelly, uh, what's going to happen is first your wife being a subcontractor means that she's responsible for all of her own uh, income taxes. So she needs to be setting, in my opinion, depending on your gross income, anywhere between 20 and 25% of whatever it was is going to go to uncle Sam. Okay. Now she may have some legitimate tax deductions to write off and she would be entitled to write off her expenses, unlike employees. Um, so if she, um, had a home office, 
I don't know what she did if she um, had to use her car and you know drive places for to earn the money. Whatever it might have been, she might have some legitimate tax deductions she can write off against the 1099. Now, did she work actually in the other state? She did. Okay. Um, and did this other state have income tax? State income tax? Uh, I don't know. It's the state of Florida. Okay. No, it does not. So the good news is we don't have to worry about the state of Florida then. Um, so again, I, my biggest thing is if she made $10,000, she needs to, if possible, try to set 2,500 of that, or at least 2000 of that in a tax account or a savings account. So when time comes, she has the money to pay. Um, is she still working as a contractor? No, she did it for about a month. And I think her take home was about, I don't know, about 7,000 or so. Okay. So again, just do some simple math. So at least $1,400 of that would go to Uncle Sam. Okay. And and okay. that company should be able to send us like a 1099 or something, correct? They will definitely, yes. At the end of the year, you'll get a 1099 and that's what you will use to prepare your taxes or her taxes. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate the call. Thanks, Kelly. Great question because being a subcontractor, sometimes you don't really know where you have or what you're going to have going on. Um, so we just want to make sure we have things going. All right, let's continue. My phones are finally lighting up. It looks like, is it Diana or Dana? Diane. Diane. I was so close yet so far away. Hello, sweetheart. <laughs> what, goodness gracious. What can I do for you today? Okay, my mom just passed away and I'm uh, losing a little bit of money, and I've got, it's like $35,000. I'm on Social Security strictly so i make about 18 a month uh on social security i need to keep part of this out of an ira and but i don't want to go up into the next tax bracket uh and so the way are, I you have solely on, are you solely pardon? on social security or do you have other pensions am, or no something else you i'm solely okay solely great. On social security and uh the way I figured it, it would be I could take out like $17,000 and stay in the 12% tax bracket. Right. Um, you could probably, let's see, you said you're taking 1800 Is that what you're getting on your Social Security right now? Right. Okay. So that's uh, 21 all right, so it's about $10,000. So, yeah, I would say easily $17,000, $18,000. Actually, we keep you in, you know, if you if you probably, if you took like $15,000, um, you could pay zero tax. If you want to go seventeen dollars or eighteen, dollars you probably pay 12% on a small portion of it, not all of it. Okay. Because you have the $12,000 12, that's forgivable, and they only tax up to 85%, and you'd be... Your Social Security would not be taxed, right? So we take the 17 minus 12, you'd end up with like $5,000 having a small amount of tax on it. Okay. If that makes All sense. Right. So that's a, a great it plan. Does. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Finally, my phone lines. Goodness gracious, people. You know I love when you guys call me. It's so great. Let's go to Keith. Keith, what you got happening? Hello there. So uh, I've got a question. I'm self-employed, and I've gotten health insurance through the government-run health marketplace. insurance marketplace mm -hmm. since it began. And I always make my best guess at my income, and then I reconcile at the end of the year when I do my taxes. And, you know, it's always worked out just fine, one way or the other. Um, mm -hmm. This year, 
I am on the way to making way more than I thought. And I think I remember something about a limit, like $40,000, and then you're not even eligible for the help anymore, and I'm afraid I'm getting in a bind, and I'm wondering if I'm going to have to pay, like, all of this, like, the, the full cost of the health insurance back. I would say that could happen easily. I have, I can't tell you, at least every year we end up with two or three people that that has. I mean, I had one person, it was like $28,000 they had to pay back. I mean, it was a married couple, but I'm just saying there are limits. And then the cutoff cost that at some point you're going to get to a point where it's basically maximized, you know, the amount of money that they're willing to cover. And then you can, you can keep it, but you're going to pay a hundred percent of your health insurance at that point. Wow. And so, so, yeah, I don't know if there's, are you self-employed or are you, um, it sounds like, I'm are you self-employed? Okay. Yes, um, and does the health insurance, are you married? No. Okay. Um, well, I was going to say, if you, if they were able to spend the money in essence, pay, you know, and sometimes it's the husband has the insurance and the wife doesn't. So, you know, the wife is working for the company anyway. So we just put her on a bigger paycheck. That doesn't help in your case. I'm not helping at all. Yes. You're going to need to revisit the concept and just see what they have. Is this, is this like just something special this year that's kind of happened or do you see your future kind of going that way? Cause you might want to go and change. You may have pre-existing. I don't know you, uh, but like a health savings account for us self-employed people is a great way for us to set money aside and, and have, you know, high deductibles. So that way we don't end up with a high premium, but you right. may I actually haven't that. even used my health insurance. I just, I'm, I'm healthy and, and I, just, I don't even usually use it except for a checkup. But if I, I know on the yeah. rare case, I have some issue, you know, then I would suggest, but... you know, um, farm credit is mine. I'm not saying it's a place, but you can Google HSA or health savings account. Um, and you can get, there's a health savings app and you can get an account there and just get a high deductible. I mean, I pay like 139. I'm in my fifties. Um, so, and I have dental and health. I mean, I'm just saying it's, it's a good policy for people that are healthy. Okay. I mean, if, if people have pre-existing and different things like that, it may not be as good, but for uh, some of us that are lucky enough to be healthy, then it may be something to look into and that would keep your insurance premiums low. And at the same time, give you another place where you might be able to put some money aside for later for savings. Okay. And since I still have time uh, before my taxes, um, you know, you mentioned talking to a financial planner and I've never had anybody like that. And I'm just wondering, you know, somebody that can kind of help with strategy and such. uh, How do I find somebody like that? You can either give me a call. Um, no, you're going to want to go to a financial planner, um, or someone that handles, you know, I call them financial planners. I'm sure there's all kinds of different, I use, um, a couple of different people, but Hank Parrott's one that handles all my estate stuff and, and that element. And you can either give my office a call or, I mean, I can give you a cell phone number. I don't know if I have his actual, <laughs> his work number. I was looking it up as we spoke just to put it out there. Cause I mean, he's on the show a lot. Um, and he's a great guy and, and it's always free to do an initial consultation. Here it is. If you have a pen, let me give you his number and you can call Monday 615-376-5325. Again, 615-376-5325. Hank Parrott. And, um, he's been at forever and he's a great guy and he could, the first meeting is always free. So that way you can find out if you're even at the point where you want to get it, do it, whatever. Perfect. Okay. Thank you so much for calling. You're the best. Yes, thank you. I appreciate you. Bye-bye. Good day.
All right. And Taylor, maybe we should hit Jim real quick and then we'll take a break. What's that? Yes, Dr. Friday. Uh, yes. I had a question. I've got a daughter-in-law whose mother died earlier this year, and she had a couple of annuities, and the annuity companies are now going to – she was the beneficiary of my daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. and they're sending her a check. It sounds like for the death benefit, cashing it out. Is there any taxes involved in that? There can be. It does depend on how much was paid. And usually they can tell you um, the annuities because I used to, you know, if it's just death benefits in most cases, I would jump to say 99% of the time death benefits in themselves are not taxable. But Mm -hmm. sometimes the way annuities put money through and they have some that are like 50-50, you know, um, that part of that money that was it was growth and they require them to pay tax out of it because the way they handled the annuity. Okay. Would the company then have to send her a statement at the end of the year? 1099 R should be sent to her. Yes. But you might want to preempt it because if you know, she's thinking it's tax free and she pays off her house and then she turns around and gets a bill for $6,000, you know, I'm just saying, um, be nice to be able to have the extra thing. They should be able to tell her if any of it's going to come to her on a 1099 R usually they're good about that. Okay. Well, thanks. Okay. I appreciate you, sir. Thanks. All righty. That was awesome guys. I totally love it when you guys join the show because you know, there's only so much interesting things I can share and then I get to share with you. All right. We're going to take our last break here. If you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. And we're going to be right back with the Dr. Friday show. Last part of the show. It's a fabulous Saturday outside. I hope everyone is taking some time just to enjoy the the weather and uh, hopefully family and friends. I was lucky enough to have some family come into town this weekend, so we're having a great time. Um, hopefully, they're having a good time to help me build something. So who knows? Anyways, um, meanwhile, that uh, being said, everything is going good. But hopefully, if you've got questions, now is the time to go ahead and get a head start on your 2020 taxes. Remember, we're already in August, and if you have changes in situation, just like the gentleman that called earlier and he was saying, you know, it looks like this is going to be a better year for me than maybe I had the year before, then we need to look and see if there's something else tax-wise. Maybe this would be the year to buy a piece of equipment. I don't know what he did for a living, and maybe all consulting and equipment wouldn't make a big change, but is there a way that he could have report lower income or look at a different health insurance situation. But, you know, we have to continuously keep our eyes and ears open, especially for entrepreneurs. Like I said, when I started the show, we've got a lot of things changing, even with the PPP money. Should it stay as forgiven or should we actually take it as a loan? There are options and decisions that have to be made based on a one-on-one basis of each business and each individual situation. But you need to look at it and see what's going on. I talked about the last week, I think, 
was when I was talking a little bit about independent contractors, some people that are subcontractors that actually got PPP money as well as unemployment funds. You can't have both. So, you know, how or what did, you know, what happened with that? And what do you need to do if you did take unemployment and get PPP money um, if it was for your own wages in both situations because you've been paid twice for your time? Even if it wasn't enough to cover, unemployment was the maximum that you could have that was supposed to cover you and therefore PPP doesn't kick in under those situations. Um, if you haven't gotten any of these funds, you might want to consider unemployment at this point. I believe you can still apply for unemployment um, if, you, if you're at a point now maybe – some people were able to hold on some of their jobs. I had, uh, you know, again, we, we have a bookkeeping firm here in our office and we've been extremely blessed, but we have had uh, about three companies since March. Um, and normally to be honest, uh, we, we have good retention here. And some of them were ones that were barely holding on one at least. And the two are actually businesses that are in malls and the malls are just not open up and really having the activity that they had prior to COVID. So it's becoming harder and harder and you know, it's an election year. So we got things that we're going to have to consider and talk about on that as well, because when it comes to our finances and taxes, you know, what's going to happen come November as they're going to be changes um, that, you know, if you listen to uh, the democratic side, they're going to change the taxes. They're going to change um, you know, the, the tax rates um, they're going to get rid of some of the benefits that are in the tax code for many of us. And then they're going to uh, apparently, you know, give other tax breaks that we don't have on the books. I don't know how they're going to do this. And that's not really the biggest thing is we have to always consider what is best for us and how or what we're going to do with it. It's really important to be able to understand our finances because when it comes to taxes, it all comes to how much money did I earn? But there are different ways of earning it. Was it self-employed? Was it through retirement? Was it interest? Was it dividends? In Tennessee, we still have one more year of the hall tax, right? So um, we have a 1% unless they don't vote to have that happen. To my knowledge, it is going to happen, um, but we'll find out. But if we have one more year and then earning money um, from interest and dividends or even carrying personal mortgages in the state of Tennessee could be a very good thing to do. Right now, 1%, still not perfect. Nice to be able to um, you know, move on and do what we have. But if, if it is going to change, then we'll have to see what we have and where we're going with that. So it says here 2% uh, for the year of 18, 1% for the year of 19, uh, 1% for 2020. There it is, 2020, um, and then it's going to be zero in 2021. So we have one more year. Now, again, my understanding and I'm not sure if that actually has been voted on. Um, every year they have to vote to reduce it by that 1%. So I'm not sure if it, if it actually has, according to the internet, it, there's no detail here saying that they have or have not um, done that. And I haven't looked into it yet, but you know, I mean, there are ways for us to earn taxable income and non-taxable income or a lower tax and a higher tax self-employed versus, um, Capital gains, long-term capital gains can be really sweet. We have a 0% capital gains rate. Um, you know, And just like the one woman um, that called earlier um, in, in the show, she was asking or saying that she had you know, only lived off Social Security and inherited some money. I think it was Diane. Um, and you know, in her case, her Social Security could be zero. She could take out uh, $12,000 a year. 
and she'll pay zero tax on the $12,000. Social Security would not be taxed, and she could actually stretch that $35,000 or that about that she, you know, she received from inheritance and pay zero tax on it. So it really depends on how much money is needed, how she's going to need to do it, and what her um, you know, growth and expectation are on the account. Because some people are like, yeah, but right now the stock market's really good. And come November 2nd, we may not, we may have a crash in the market. There is a lot of gainsayer out there. I like to believe we've survived more than one election during our lifetimes. And um, the stock market has survived as well. And I'm likely that we're going to continue to survive that no matter how or what we're going to do. So, all right. So let's talk about what we can do. We can help you do your taxes. We are um, licensed to do taxes for businesses as well as individuals. So if you have estates or your 1120, 1120S corporate returns, 1065 partnership returns, or limited liability returns, um, or sole proprietorships, we can do all of your tax help. And if you haven't filed taxes in a number of years, we can help you get the information together to be able to file the taxes, um, as well as help keep you in compliance. We can help you with offer and compromises or payment plans. All of those are out there for us as well. We have the ability to negotiate with the IRS to hopefully keep more money in your pocket, less money in the pocket of other individuals um, like the IRS. And then, you know, if right now you're having this the worst time because COVID and you are a cook and they got the restaurant closed and you're not able to work or make money, then I am there to help you try to maybe get non-collectible, right? If you need help, give us a call. Let us help you try to figure out if we can't help you, then we can send you to the right organization or individuals that will be able to help you do whatever it is that you're doing um, that you need assistance with when it comes to your finances and taxes. Um, again, as a internal, as an enrolled agent working for the Internal Revenue Service um, or licensed by the Internal Revenue Service, um, I am able to represent you. So I'm kind of like a shield between you and the IRS. I've never worked for the IRS, but I am licensed by them. And the nice thing about that is sometimes you need that shield. Sometimes you just need someone that can stand between or stand next to you and help you make sure that you are getting the representation as well as understanding the love letters as they come in and how they're going to help you um, or what they're going to do. I mean, when you get a levy letter and they say that they can seize your properties or, or clean out your bank accounts or take your paychecks, um, that is scary and frustrating. So if you need help with any of that, all you need to do is pick up the phone, 615-367-0819. That is my direct line, 615-367-0819. You can also check us out on the web. We've got a really cool web page. You can also book your appointments on the web, um, but you can also just find out who I am, what we do, how we do it. Um, and if you need more information about how to get started, you feel like you're stumped, you're not able to, you know, really move forward or backward because you're just kind of confused. Give us a call again, 615-367-0819. You can also text that number, 615-367-0819. Check us out on the web, drfriday.com. That is D-R-F-R-I-D-A-Y.com. Or you can also, um, you know, Email Friday at drfriday.com. 